You can say amen to that. I want to know you more. Reading from Matthew, the 19th chapter, starting at verse 24, 26 to 26. And again, I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Probably this evening if we were to ask how many people have got things ahead of them that seemed to be impossible and probably a number here this evening that could say that I'm glad that God doesn't give up on us I'm glad that he's always there and he sees the beginning to the end he knows exactly what we have need of lots of times we don't and I I know the older I get the more that I need God to help me. And you know, sometimes it's just a simple, a simple little prayer. I'll be doing something around the house or somewhere and I'll say, Lord, help me. And just like that, God looks down and he, he sees that what I have need of and he helped me. I'm glad that God answers prayer I'm glad that he looks down and heals those. I'm glad that you don't get too old to be healed. I want to live a long time. But I don't want to have all those aches and pains either. But you heard my wife testify. You know, God's still in the business and he does specialize in things thought impossible with men. As we look out and see see our world today, we see lots of things that seems very impossible to happen. I've been thinking of where is the peace of God in our world? Where is it? Would it ever be able to come and have that deep settled peace in our hearts? Well, as individuals, we can. And that's not an impossibility either. That's very possible for God to give us that deep, settled peace in our heart when the world is turned upside down. But we don't want to talk about that too much. You can get distracted by those things. And I know that you've heard this, these scriptures mentioned here in this 19th chapter about this rich young ruler but it's it's a good it's a good thing to be reminded of where we're coming from where we're headed to and the lord is looking out for each one of us and he wants us all to make heaven no matter who we are what we're doing and as this young man came to the Lord 
And I go, I don't think I'll spend much time on this. But he was rich. He had money. had lots of possessions. But he, he thought there was something missing in his life. You know, before I got saved, I would say to myself, there must be more to life than this. It really would. And yet I've been raised up around the gospel and I still wonder, what it, what is it that I'm missing? There's got to be something else. And this young man seemed to think the same thing. There's got to be more to life than this. And so he went to the Lord and I believe he asked an honest question. What good thing do I need to do so that I might have eternal life? And I think all of us have that question, maybe not just in those words, but we wonder what it is that we might need to do. And some, some know what they need to do. I knew I needed to be saved, but I wanted to put it off a long time. Because I just knew I was, the devil would tell me, you'll have no fun after you're saved. All your fun is over. I kind of believed that too. Because I thought going to church has got to be so boring and so dull and you had to be there when you don't want to be there. But the gospel is not like that. It's a wonderful place to be. To be in God's house on a Sunday night. On a Tuesday, even on a Friday, and all day Sunday, it's the best place to be. It really is. We can't get it. We can't get any better than that. And we learn. We learn what God would have us to do. What He wants us to wants us to do. And so this young man came to the Lord. What would you? What do I need to do? I'm glad that the Lord sees our heart sees where we're at, knows what we have need of. And so he told him to keep the commandments, and he told told this young man what it was, and he said, all, all of that, I've, I've done all of that. And maybe some people have. But he said, if thou wilt be perfect, go and sell all that, all that you have, give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasures in heaven, come and follow me. There's more to it than he thought. And you know, I think sometimes when we ask questions like that, we get more than we bargained for. God knows what we have need of. He knows what will get our attention to make that decision that we need to make. But it didn't take him long to decide what he wanted to do. So when he heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great great possessions. Have you ever thought about a camel going through the eye of a needle? Have you ever thought about what that would look like? Have you ever seen it happen? You know, we've probably had that experience. When a person gets saved, that's a miracle that happens. There's no way that we can come to the Lord or no way that we can forgive ourselves. No way that we can forgive the sin that's in our life. God has to do it for us. He has to make that change. And so some people would say, that's impossible for for that to happen 
in your life? Well, we know that it happens because we are different. We act different. We talk different. Our friends are different. We still look the same, pretty much. Oh, I look a lot older. It's been a number of years since the Lord saved me. But you know, as the Lord looks down the road for us and he sees the things that we're going to come in contact with and things that will happen, I'm glad that we made the decision many years ago that we would give our life to the Lord. This young man didn't think he could do without those possessions. But I wondered, as I thought about him, I thought, I wonder what kind of things he faced on down the road. Was it worth it? You know, some people might tell us, too, that it's not worth turning to God. It's not worth going to church. But when you have issues in your life and there's no answer whatsoever, we need to have someone that can take care of those things. And we know who that is. We know it's the Lord. We see a good example in in the book of Mark. Mark 9 talks about the woman with the issue of blood. Says that she had spent all that she had. She'd gone to lots of physicians to try and find the answer. And she couldn't find it. Where do, you, where do you go from there? And you know, I know there's probably some people in the world today that's facing the same thing. They go from one doctor to the next. In fact, as a pastor, when I was a pastor, I used to ask some of the senior folks, I said, well, what, do you, what did you do this week? Well, we had this doctor appointment, we had that doctor appointment, and we went here, and we went. And I thought, well... I don't, I don't like going to the doctor anyway. But you know, you, you don't always have to go to the doctor. Sometimes the Lord is the answer. Actually, he is always the answer. He really is. He's the one that knows what's wrong with us. And, and he can fix any problem. There is no problem that's impossible with God. It's, it's all possible with him. He can fix any problem... He says, I am the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? And there's not. God has created us. I think about our God that we serve created this world and all that is in it. Is there anything too hard for him? No, there's nothing that too hard. There's nothing that surprises God. And I think about my wife. When she had all of her back problems. I'm glad that we serve a God that can fix things like that. I'm glad that we can put our trust in him. In Proverbs 3, 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. You know, it's a wonderful thing that when you can come to the Lord and you can cast all of your care upon him and say, God, here it is. Take care of my problem." It's, it's good that we can have a heart like that. We can surrender, surrender it all to the Lord. 
And I'm thinking, uh, as I look back over my life, the fun that I've had, and I thought I was going to have no fun after I got saved. Well, it, it, it's pretty much fun being, being a Christian. It, it is wonderful to be a Christian. It really is. Look at the friends that we've got. I don't think I have any enemies here tonight. If you do, raise your hand. That's what I thought. But God loves us, and he's reaching out to each one of us that will draw closer to him. You know, there'll be no one in heaven that has anything against you. And you'll have nothing against them either. That'd be wonderful. We're all going to be... I would sure hate to think that my next-door neighbor in heaven had something against me, didn't like the color of my place. Well, it's not going to be. We're, we're going to like it the way it is. Can you imagine walking into a place and say, this is perfect? We don't hear that too much today, but it will be. We had some folks in one of our churches, we had red carpet in the church. They didn't like that. Didn't like that red carpet. It was okay. Red carpet in heaven will be good. It will. It'll be wonderful. It really will. God knows it's exactly what we have need of. But I think, you know, it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing when, when a person can come to the place and they can surrender their heart and life to the Lord. And you, you really get down to business and you pray. You know, I remember the morning that my wife and I went to that little church there in Fort Smith, Arkansas. And for years, I had thought about, I need to go and be saved. I need to get saved. In fact, I'd lay awake at night before I went to bed. I had the TV on, but I wasn't really watching it. God was talking to my heart. And I realized that if I didn't get saved, I'd be standing before the Lord with my sins. And that would be awful. It would really be awful. I want to be ready. I want to make heaven my home. And so at the age of 27, I guess I'd had enough. My wife and I decided we'd go to church there in Fort Smith, we lived 50 miles away. It's about a little over an hour's drive in those days. We got there, and of course, you know, everybody is glad to see us. And of course, I'm sure they were hoping that we'd pray. We had, I had a grandma, grandmother, that she prayed for her, her kids and her grandchildren that they'd be saved. So we went to church that morning. I, they were. It was on Easter. I promised her that we'd come back. They were going to have special meetings. We came back, and on that Sunday morning, like my wife said, we heard a sermon. It got my attention. I realized. I realized for the first time that if I didn't pray and get saved, I was going to be left here. That was fearful. It really was. 
Boy, those big tears started running down my face. I couldn't hold it back. And I, I remember a sermon that Brother Darrell preached some, some time back. He says, when a person gets saved, sometimes it hurts. Well, it did. You step out in the aisle in front of all those people and you have to walk up to that altar and you kneel down to pray. That humbles you. That, that was hard. But you know, I didn't really care what people thought. The only thought that I had, I want to know for sure that I'm right with God and that heaven is my home. And oh, I'll tell you, the Lord made it real. Wonderful. It's a wonderful feeling to know that your sins are forgiven. Impossible? It was possible that morning that God would change both of our lives, give us a heart for the gospel, and I never, ever want to give up. I want to see the Lord one of these days. I want to make heaven my home, and I'm sure you do too. You know, if you're not saved tonight, God can make it real in your heart. You don't have to fear the coming of the Lord. You don't have to be afraid that you're going to be left here. God can make it so real in your life that you'll know that your name is written in the Lamb Book of Life. Impossible? No. It's very, very possible. And it's not the place... But it's when we come to the place and we pray in earnest and obey the Lord and surrender our life to him. And it says the spirit of God witnesses with our heart that we are children of God. Don't you want to be a child of the Lord this evening? We're going to sing a song and we're going to have, you're going to have a chance to pray. Don't forget to pray. It's very, very important that we pray. So as we look to the Lord and we pray 581, a song of invitation. <laughs>